Welcome to Inside Abode, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dave Jones. I'm your host, and this is part of our Black History Month series. Actually, I'm sorry, Black History Month Reflection series. And we have a special guest today, and we're going to get into that. Um, and I'm really excited to have this guest on today. She's a multifaceted entrepreneur and a self-proclaimed social disruptor, <laughs> uh, CEO of Diversity Window. She's a DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, and, and basically diversity window. And we'll, we'll learn more about what diversity window is. Uh, she's also the host of a podcast. She has her own podcast. And she's also an ambassador to Black Girls Run. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jaquanda Nelson. Jaquanda, right? Jaquanda Nelson, correct. Thank I want to make sure yes. I got the last name correct. Yes, Shaquanda Nelson. Yep, I appreciate when people ask and clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us about yourself. You wear a lot of hats. Like, that's a mouthful, what I just said. So what's your passion? Like, what drives that? Yeah, oh my gosh, I love that. Because, like, when you're doing it, you just do it because it's passion and it's a part of my, you know, roles in my life. Um, If I had to choose, honestly, a title, though, I would love to be paid to be the ultimate hype man. Like, I love hyping people up, right? I I think there's so much power in making people feel valued and seen, um, like they have a place, like they have a space. Um, And and that really kind of, you know, captures the essence of all of these things that I do, right? And so, um, you know, if I had to be technical, I, I really have passion around making sure people feel like they belong and there's a space for them and that there's no barriers for people to be able to belong and have opportunity and to add value. And so in my professional life, my, you know, personal life, really, that's what it is. That's my passion. I I want people to know that they have value um, and that they belong and that they're seen. Right. That's crazy. We have a lot in common because I feel like that's, that's kind of my role, you know, like I feel like, um, cause being in education, that's like yeah. part of the deal is being people's cheerleaders. And yeah. now it's like, I kind of would rather, I'm okay with leading, yeah. but I'd rather be kind of in this, on the side in the front, you yeah. know, like the side front yeah, like pushing things yeah. along and doing yeah. some stuff in the background and executing and put, pushing other people out there. Like, I don't yeah. know, but yeah, so I no. think that's really cool. Um, so was that, has that always been your mode, like as a kid yeah. as well and all that, or? It has. And and it actually stems from just my, excuse me, my own personal experience. Um, I was in a gifted program when I was younger in elementary school um, in fourth grade. And I was the only black student Mm. in my class. And um, it it taught me so much. I didn't have the language for it. And and I talk about this all the time because I think it's a reflection of kind of what we experience today where I'm in this space with other children where, yeah. you know, what's fourth grade, maybe 10, you know, 10 years yeah. old. Um, and no one said anything. No one did anything terrible to me. You know, mm-hmm. um, I had friends. It was great. Um, but there was just this dynamic of being the only other person of color, like being the black person. And um, I always um, had to be really intentional and in making sure I fit in. So, you know, some of the the songs that I wanted to make sure I knew, like when I was home, kids were not listening to some of these songs. Right. When I was in my community and with my family and everything yeah. else. They weren't listening to those songs, but I would like write down the lyrics to certain songs that were hot to the students in my class. So when if it came on and we're at recess or we're singing, I could chime in. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. All right. I got to ask. Just, what, sorry to cut you off. I got to ask because I'm a music head. I'm a hit. I'm a hit, yes. just a music head. What songs are we talking about? You are. You <laughs> Give really one are. Example. Can I get one like, example? Yeah. So like offer one. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Gosh. And I'm not that much of a music head. So what I'm, era, I'm trying to what? think of even like the music back then. But, you know, I do remember like it's back when like Tupac. And, OK, OK. Um, so, uh, yeah. Just general, yeah, general. Like speed. Tupac, okay. Biggie. Right. Just that okay. general era of music where it was era, like, that's yeah. what we were listening to in um you know, in, in, in my community, but then in my class, that wasn't mm-hmm. the always, like, I think ACDC, like yeah. you know, some rock, I wanted to know rock songs, yep. right? Like no one in my house was listening to yeah. that. No one in my, 
my my friend group in my community is listening to that but i wanted to make sure i knew some of those songs mm-hmm. right so that i could could fit in like i wanted to belong in the space um and there was an in, there was a particular incident and i talk about this incident all the time because it taught me so much um that happened with the sleepover and um the, you know the gals were kind of the girl who's hosting us was kind of talking about how everything was going we were ice skating in the morning so some of us had to shower in the evening some in the morning and you know etc et and so um one of the other girls in the group said well jaquanda doesn't have to because she doesn't shower every day and so i'm mortified <laughs> right i'm mortified this is fifth grade i'm mortified at this point and and this is from someone who is a friend of mine right, right? But I'm mortified because I'm like, do people think I stink? Like, why would she say yeah. that? Like, and she was like, oh, well, you don't wash your hair every day. So she assumed because I don't wash my hair every day that I don't shower every mm. day. Right. So I go home and tell my mom the story. My mom was like, hey, like, wait a minute. Like, you know that your friend. She was like, honestly. And, and this was like the first kind of real conversation that I ever remember about the why I was different not that I didn't know I don't want people to think like oh she didn't know she was black no I did I knew what the different ones but it was like articulated out loud I guess in this way my mom was like you're probably the only black like person that they know she was Mm -hmm. like and she just doesn't know that you wear a shower cap when you you know take a shower and things Mm -hmm. like that right and so she's like just tell her like no yes I do this is what I do she was like she just doesn't know like that's your friend like she cares about you right and so that was like such a a learning moment for me because again no one had ill intentions right no one said any bad but I felt a certain type of way right and so it was just experiences like that of um knowing what it meant to me to belong in a space where I didn't feel like it even if people didn't do anything right um and so I think that just kind of carried with me and then went on to go to historically black college and university. So I'm a mm-hmm. FAMU graduate, Florida and University. Um, go Rattlers. <laughs> and um, and that experience uh, taught me a lot around intersectionality because here I am. First of all, a black girl named Jaquanda, by the way. Okay, <laughs> coming from this tiny town north of Chicago, right? Pretty diverse community, um, but just in my experience, right? Mm. my white friends are like girl that that is not a thing I had a culture shock when I went to college because I had never been around that many black people and then I had never been around that many black people with all these different lived experiences people from the islands immigrants people from South Florida South Florida is a whole different country outside of the U.S. okay okay um you know all these different people from the south and it was just such a fascinating experience and so even within that I learned like wait so we're all black but we're all different Mm -hmm, (laughs) right like we have even different experiences and so I I became curious about people I became curious about experiences that's that's a moment you know I remember calling my parents my freshman year because I lived in Tallahassee Florida at the time which I thought was pretty big I'm like hey we had one high school where two you know three cities went to the high school (laughs) we had two grocery stores and so I thought Tallahassee was big and all of my friends from Tampa Miami, all these big yeah. cities were like, this place is so country. Uh-huh. I'm like, country, there's two walls. Like, what? <laughs> oh, so I, call, I remember calling my parents and I'm like, I think we're where we, I think Zion is considered country. That's the, the <laughs> town I grew up in. My dad was like, you had tractor day for senior week. Like, what did you think? Like, yeah. <laughs> and it was just such an eye-opening experience for me. Like, oh my gosh, like all of us are so different, but it's great. It's wonderful. Yep. And so yep. I think those kind of key experiences as I was younger, you know, from, from being in elementary school, being in elementary school through college, like really shaped um, my quest to do that. And then I got into community organizing and work and all of that. So that's kind of how yeah, it started. That's, that's cool. I mean, and that's, that sounds like a, a lot like my, my experience in ways, um, you know, back when we were growing up, we didn't have social media and other outlets right. to show like the black diaspora, like in terms of there's other types of black people out there, you know, like we just saw one, whatever the tube yes. was feeding us. Yes. And now we're able to connect with different people from all over the world and know that, oh, okay, there's actually like nerdy black people. There's people, there's emo black folks. There's black folks from other islands. There's black, like black does not mean just 
one thing, you know. Um, so that's really cool. And thank you for sharing that experience. That's really important to hear for a lot of people. Um, so that drives you to to the that let's talk about the diversity window. What what type of work is that and what are you setting out to do with the diversity window brand and, and organization? Yeah, yeah. And and I just think about how my whole entire career like has culminated to this moment. And so um, you know, so I've been doing diversity, equity, and inclusion work for, for many years, pretty much my whole career, even when it wasn't a thing, even if it wasn't my technical role that I was paid for, like I learned over time, the skills needed to actually do the work really well. Um, and so the work itself is really around, and I tell people this, it's around changing attitudes and perceptions and feelings and beliefs, right, that have been formed for many years and many decades. And and really changing them in systems that have been constructed to support a certain group of people, right? White people. Um, yeah, white people, white and males. And many others. Yeah, um, and many other, I mean, privilege is another thing that kind yep. of gets yep. in there, right? Because, you know, when you think about just how it evolves over time, like who was in the workplace, who wasn't, yep. who made the, the rules. Um, when you think about systems like education, so... Yes, we can definitely, you know, say definitely white males, but yeah, also yeah, yeah. like there are other layers of like, you know, poverty that impacts people um, in a way that brings a different dynamic. And so, um, you know, the work is really those two things if you get at the core and the essence of it. And um, it's really hard, right? Because it's like I have to not only change people's attitudes and perceptions about all these people or all these things, but I also have a system that perpetuates this, right? When we think about who we're hiring, who has access, who has opportunity, right? Like the right. system itself supports that. So anyway, so I, I've done this work, right? In, in many different ways and in, in many different facets, but Diversity Window, um, which is a newer role for me, um, really captures both parts of that. So Diversity Window was really birthed out of the time after many organizations were making, you know, these greater commitments to mm -hmm. diversity and yep. equity and inclusion and social justice and anti-racism, which is great, right? Shortly after the murder of George Floyd. And so... Um, a part of that is like, okay, that's great. But how are you measuring that? Right? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. how are you setting goals that matter? How are you tracking your progress? What are what are those commitments? Is it just something plastering your website? Or is it built into the fabric of how you make decisions, where you put resources, where you make commitments? And so diversity window is a product, a, a, a platform, right? We're leveraging technology to pull data around demographics and diversity within organizations yep. and pull it together in a way that organizations can see where do we have representation? Where are the gaps, right? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. are the trends and who's getting promotion opportunities and who's leaving your organization so that people can see where you have the gaps. Most of the time in most organizations, even for the most diverse of the organizations, it's it's diverse in your kind of front line or, you know, kind yeah. of um you know, levels within the organization where it's broader. But then when you look at leadership, it's typically not diverse, right? And so yep. having that data and, and being a DEI practitioner myself who has needed data, if you ask many DEI practitioners, they're like, we need data, right? To mm -hmm. operationalize this work, it's usually not there. And so we have a platform that does that. We also have um, a platform that looks at, uh, the platform looks at trends. It benchmarks data, um, folks' data against industry so people yep. can see where they're ranked, right? Because all of us can say like, oh, I'm going to do these things. Well, how are you measuring yourself? Where's the accountability? What does it look like? Right. So we have that. We also have a survey capability where we measure inclusion and belonging, which clearly is, is a yep. huge passion for me because you can bring diversity in a space, but if you're not supporting them, if they feel like they can't show up as themselves and bring their cultural values, you know, if a Black woman like me named Jaquanda doesn't feel comfortable, comfortable being there because 
you know, I'm worried about how I have to wear my hair or the way I speak or what I'm listening to, right? Am I going to stay, right? right? And so how do we create this space where people can belong and, and measure it, right? And so we have um, inclusion and belonging surveys that people can use. And we also have learning, right? Learning is absolutely a key part of it. Awareness is a part of it. It's not the only thing, but mm-hmm. it's also a part of it. So we have this, this product that does all of these things that really supports organizations to do this work in a meaningful way that right. brings the accountability and um and and tangible goals and measure progress no that's that's a great that's a great i think one thing um that i was thinking about and for the listeners like i talk about white folks all the time because race Mm -hmm. is kind of the low-hanging fruit when we talk about dei work but there's also other the the, in it's broad yeah exactly and um that doesn't just mean you know white and black that could be all kinds of things and then also when we talk about inclusion we're talking about protected classes like lbgt lbgt we're talking about disability we're talking about mental health we're talking about all of the things right so i mean race kind of seems to be like the the low-hanging fruit in the conversation because there's so many nuances and and then you brought up gender you know gender roles and and things of that nature so i'm well aware like i just want (laughs) this is not like i just be like white people (laughs) i'm not trying to like just pin it all on that but like at the same time uh we know that there's all kinds of stuff i was looking at um i was doing a let's see what was that a fair housing talk last week and one thing that we brought up i brought up some stats about diversifying um we were talking about diversifying the brokerage and like the stats behind diversity in companies and how better they perform is there the proof is in the pudding in terms of the the numbers you can go find them and they're they're pretty staggering in terms yeah. of success and diversity. And if you have a diverse, um, you know, workplace, you're going to see more success. Um, yeah. That's a fascinating thing. Is that something that you agree with? Yes. And, <laughs> I, I mean, and, it's a, I'm setting you up. For yeah. You. No, no. And and I, I think it's great that we continue to bring that up because, I mean, the, the research is there. The proof is there. Right. And so, again, what I try to do is, is match data with kind of attitudes, perceptions and feeling. And actually, yeah, I'm doing yeah. a, um, a keynote. Um, at a conference in um, Vegas next month. And my topic is around this. It's around innovation, right? Like if I come to you and say, Dave, come on, let's figure out how to make you know, your organization more innovative and reach more people and provide better services so that, you know, the folks who engage with your service is, is they feel satisfied. They're excited about your product or your services. You're going to be like, yes, mm-hmm. sign me up. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's really what diversity is, right? It, it's about how do we bring all of these voices and experiences together as we make decisions, as we move, right, as an organization and develop and create to make us better, to serve a broader group of people that we're right. all trying to reach. And that's right. really at the core of it, what it is. We have to systemically put things in place, right, to make it happen. Because again, our, our systems and our structures, you know, kind of create barriers for that. But that's really what it's about, right? Yeah. And so I oftentimes try to position it from that perspective of like, it's about making your organization better, right? So you don't have, um, I saw like an ad, um, it was, I think it was a Nigerian ad and it was about skincare products, but this mm-hmm. this lady who's lighter skinned, right, is walking down the street and everyone, everyone's like glaring at her, but all of the people in the background are darker. <laughs> and it's like, it's just like, who do you think you're going to serve with that product, right? <laughs> so you need a diverse group of people in the room to be like, yeah. that's not it. That ain't like, it. It's yeah. giving real colorism vibes right now. <laughs> that is not it, right? But if someone was in the room who would, who has that experience of being like, you know, I grew up as like the darkest one in my family and I struggle, like we struggle with that. That is kind of, yeah. that's triggering me right now. Yeah. But that's what's happening. These people are, are, are putting out content or services or resources without having diverse people in the room saying like hey let's think about this let's talk about this right yeah that's one of the things that i that we're that we talked about and i think it's people are starting to understand now is normalizing black faces in the space in just a normal way like not not in a way where we're pandering or anything like that it's just you're being in the space and that's what part of this podcast is and what 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 it brings to the table is diverse line of thought and getting away from groupthink. you know what i mean and so 
I really, yeah, I, I love the, thank you. Like the work that you're doing is so important, um, especially right now. And hopefully uh, people, you know, pick up on it and you continue yeah. to get work in other places. And so that's why we want to put your name out there. Thank um, you. I appreciate and that. one thing, as I'm looking around, I noticed a lot of the content you put out is uh, like black joy. You know what I mean? Is that intentional? Is that something you like? To, is that something you intend to do? Oh my, it's hella intentional. Mm -hmm. I can say that. But it's, yeah, you can say whatever. It, it's intentional because, um, you know, I, I oftentimes, your previous guest said that I, I love this, right? Like so, so much of everything is like this side and that side, right? Mm -hmm, right? And it's like, no, like not to say they don't exist, but there are many of us, and I hate to say in the middle, because I'm pretty vocal about Black issues yeah, yeah, yeah. and anti-Blackness and everything. Um, but there are many of us who are in the middle who are just like, yes, we have to speak out about these things. But like, I also, I love being Black. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I love being Black. We have so much resilience, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and just because I speak up about issues that impact me as a black person or, ish or issues that impact my family um, or our psychological safety sometimes mm -hmm. as a black person doesn't mean that I feel like I'm a victim, right? right or people right. be like, here we go, using the race card. It's like, it's not a card, it's my life, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, and I'm gonna speak out about it because it's real. But there's yeah. also a lot of joy in this and I need you to see it, right? Yeah. Like, it, it brings me joy when my daughter, who's seven, right? who has this thick, bushy hair, right? Like, which it historically would have been considered unruly or nappy mm -hmm. or not good hair, right? When she is proud about wearing her Afro mm -hmm. to school, okay? Like, that brings me joy to see my daughter embrace something that was once, like, frowned upon, right? right, and, right. and I feel proud when she says, look at my Black girl magic. Right. Like mm -hmm. that brings me so much joy. And I, I need people to see that. Right. Like and and another kind of thing for me, honestly, they were the past couple of years um, and I've done community organizing. I've been in the streets. I've almost been arrested at the governor's office for mm -hmm. issues that I'm you know, <laughs> passionate about. Whatever. Like I am. I'm hardcore. Now, being married and having a family had to like, you know, yeah. kind of take me down <laughs> a little bit, holding me back a little bit. Right. Because it's like, well, I can't be arrested because who's going to do my daughter here is to route for school. Right. So. <laughs> So, um, but I've done that word, but over the past year, seeing my growing son transition from being this cute little boy to mm. now like a black, like yeah. male, look, adult looking, I don't even want to say adult because he's still a boy very mm -hmm. much so, but he's taller than me. Yep. He's chocolate, right? And, and me having to be aware of how he navigates the world, yeah. it has rocked me, honestly, to my core, right? Mm -hmm. And while... I have to have conversations with him that breaks my heart. You know, yeah. he's still my baby. I still see him as the little two-year-old, you know, just barely walking, right? Yeah. <laughs> I will always see him in that way. But this this dual reality of like, but the world isn't going to see him like that anymore. Right. And having to have these real conversations with, I mean, he'll be 14 now, but as far as I can remember, like 11 years old saying like, son, I know you like wearing this hoodie with this hood on, but can you not put your hat on or your hoodie on while you're walking to the mailbox down mm -hmm. the street? It just makes me feel really uncomfortable. My kid being like, I, I just want to wear my hood. Right, you know? right. <laughs> and so when you deal with that every day, like you have to make sure you do not forget the joy. Yeah, yeah. And I want people to see it. That's that's a great, that's a great disposition to have. Um, yeah. Because when I talk to people, I'm like, do you really know what I really would like to be doing is just laughing at stupid stuff, eating junk food, making dope stuff. Like I, I don't, yeah, I don't want to spend my time angry. And I, you know, yeah. I, it's an intentional act to not do that for oh me, God. at least personally, the more I learn as I get older, because you just get yeah. sick and tired of just being sick and tired. And like, man, I, and that's part of just getting older anyway. Like we get old curmudgeonly. Yeah. But still, um, that's that's a good point about your son, uh, because, you know, having my lived experience up here in the Pacific Northwest, it's been, you know, you have to navigate having this exterior, this shell or something, you know, and, and, and my hope is that young black men don't have to 
do that and have that exterior while living up to maybe some of the traits of what we think we should be. Um, and then also you're coming against some unconscious biases and responses in society that you're sitting there going, I'm just trying to walk across the street, you know, <laughs> like, why are yeah. you looking at me like that? You know, like, you know, it's just weird. You know, you just feel yeah. weird. And, um, that's that at least has been my experience up here but i i have so much love in my heart and i'm so curious and love people that i don't you know um i wasn't the yeah actually as a as a young man for people that knew me back then yeah i was definitely closed off and had a chip on my shoulder but there's other things going on in family and whatnot yeah for sure but it's important to have you know a male role a role model and a, a male role model of any any type honestly um yeah. And it's really interesting because I, I just think about that all the time around, like, it's just, it's built into the fabric of our society, mm -hmm. right? And it does piss you off. It it, it weighs down on you, right? Um, and I, I um, shared this example, actually, I shared this on my social media, but I also shared this on LinkedIn, like my workspace, mm -hmm. because I'm like, like, even though the issue didn't happen at work, it impacted the way I showed up to work because I yes. couldn't stop thinking about it. So um, in our subdivision, um, it's a fairly new subdivision. And um, I, we honestly know a lot of our people because of our kids, because they like they know all of the neighbors, mm -hmm. like it's very friendly, very loving. Like we, we just love people. Right. Like yeah. we are just a family that loves people. And um, my son has become like the neighborhood like dog care like he dog sits <laughs> for some of our neighbors when they're traveling when they go out right and so um last year um when he started doing this something and, and i hate that i had to do this right but he knows like the codes to the neighbor's door like these yeah. are very trustworthy people yeah but i sent a note to our local law, um, police department i know the chief um, uh -huh. I, i'm on the advisory board and i said hey i want to let you know my my son will be dog sitting he is 13 years old he's about five seven because he's bigger now right yeah he's yeah five seven has a little mini afro he'll be doing it during these dates um a few times a day so mm -hmm. can you share with your your people on staff so they know because someone could be like hey you know like i don't know the neighbors like next door to uh, the the family that i think he was doing at the time and then the other neighbors that he does it like kind of at the back end of our subdivision i don't know all of those people on the block right, right. So i'm like what i don't need is someone saying like hey there's a suspicious looking you know mm -hmm. male trying to get into their house yeah. right and so yeah. i said that and like and and like every like the people that know him were heartbroken they're like you have the sweetest kid and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know that but everybody yeah. won't see that no 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 i've had that happen to me before that's why i say you know even there's a rush like so in real estate for example you're constantly going to show homes yes so yep. if i'm not dressed up in my regular in my work clothing and I have to go run something for Ann or whatever, there's something in the back of my mind ready for whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and that's, yeah. that sucks that it has to be that way, but that's yeah. a reality that I know. And at least I'd rather acknowledge it and yes. just be prepared be on to, top of it. Yeah. You know, like respond in a, yeah. in a safe way so that someone, yeah. you know, and just know what I'm going to say, because it's happened. And I don't, and I'm not even showing, I was like, I'm not out selling like that. I'm just running the business, but I You're run errands running, yeah. sometimes and whatever. And yeah, I get weird looks. I get some weird vibes. You get a spidey sense after you, a while. Oh, you like, do. You just get a you spidey do. sense. You just know, yeah. you know, and you're like, huh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt, though. Like, yeah. I try to give everyone a benefit of the doubt and meet know. people where they're at. So yep. I'm not tripping. <laughs> I, just keep I feel you on that. Yeah. Uh, so this Black History Month has seen a lot mm -hmm. of different things happen. We're only, what is it, the 17th? <laughs> through the <laughs> whole an interesting year. one. <laughs> Um, we've seen NFL discrimination lawsuits, the number one podcast host, Joe Rogan, spewing the N-word on a video over and over. I don't know if you just recently seen the police officers, uh, the, the inter interaction. And actually, it's funny because we just talked about that on the last podcast about the implicit bias of police officers when they respond. Um, and for those who are listening, if you haven't seen the video, it's two kids in a mall getting into a fight. I've watched a million of those as a former assistant principal. Um and you know the kids get into a scuffle there's a black kid and a white kid the cops show up they cuff the black kid put him on his on his face and cuff him 
and the other cop there's two cops that come in the other cop sits and sits the white kid down on the bench and he's just sitting there watching this kid get handcuffed and i'm like man that dude was the aggressor like now politely sat him down <laughs> politely sat him down he was just chilling like i understand the cops coming into that situation only saw the last part so they have a limited perspective and so as the viewer i do understand that don't get it confused i understand because i had to do investigations all the time so i understand yeah. they're pretty objective in where they see things however their implicit and unconscious bias showed up in a big way when they didn't treat both subjects the same the same yeah and i wonder and i i, I have to go back and see the video but like wasn't the black kid on the ground or yeah, he was, yeah he was he, he was not winning the situation yeah, right. <laughs> he got he got it twice <laughs> it's so it, it's a lot and it's just one of those things where it's like not surprised yeah mm -hmm. yeah and it's unfortunate and so when you talk about your son and i talk about my sons um that's what we're talking about and i hope and I, I i hope people see it and yeah and, you know that's a real a real thing but do you feel we've we've seen we're seeing more implicit bias stuff like that or are we making progress in your since you're in your line of work do you see yeah. us making progress yeah. in this front gosh i mean i think that so i i don't think that it's happening more now than ever i think we're just able to have access to see it mm. happen mm -hmm. more because honestly when i think about that situation with the two officers who who approached the two males um i think about and incidents that happen all the time in high school right around when black kids would gather at a certain place like we were immediately dispersed right. you know we had to leave and it was like and i hung out with many people so i i am literally sitting in experiences seeing the different treatment of well when i gather with my white friends in this area <laughs> we get no one's bothering us yeah, like we yeah. having a good time probably yeah. doing a lot more honestly yeah. <laughs> had a little more access to stuff I'm just gonna keep it at that but yeah. it was like wait a minute this is different right and the way it's treated like those experiences have happened right mm -hmm. i think we just have access to see it more because social media people recording etc i think in terms of okay so i, I want to say this i think we have made progress um and i think people depending on who you are and where you are and what space you're in you may say this the reason why I think we're making progress, number one, is because like this future generation, like that, that's what I'm thinking on, Dave. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I definitely get paid to help adults and everything, but we know people, like I said, these are attitudes, perceptions, belief that have existed forever. Yes. I do think people can grow and change, I think, because we're having to interact more. Cause really that's what it comes down to is the fear of the unknown and change. Right. 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 I don't care what group you're in, whether it's a group of people already established and newer people coming in. I've seen it in groups of just black people. Mm -hmm. I've seen it in groups of just, you know, whatever. Right. It, it, it's the fear of the unknown and, and change that has to happen and create the space. Right. And I think that the more that we are intentional around engaging with people, connecting with people, understanding people's experiences, Mm -hmm. that help cha helps change some of that i think this newer generation has a higher level of um of a curiosity about mm -hmm. people that is fostered yeah. right in the way yeah. they engage and connect um i think that this new generation is not going to be put into boxes and systems i think they're going right. to break the system these systems down yeah yeah i agree create which i i'm here for mm -hmm. like i'm going to be the auntie in the in the in the fight like go ahead on <laughs> let me know what you need me to do right because i that is those are the things that really change right how people behave and show up and the level of accountability that's needed to help support that no thank you uh that's yeah, I mean, that systemic, the thing that's interesting, I went to a high school basketball game last night and I was, I was just, we, we almost forget, we needed this moment. Like I, I like to call this a civil rights era. I, th I believe we're in a civil rights era. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, so when we look back at the 20s, it's going to be like the roaring 20s. We have a lot of, you know, disruption happening in the web three and like digital asset space, cryptos and all that. 
we have disruption happening in civil rights and social uh we have and and <clears throat> what i'm seeing is uh definitely i was at the game and i was just like you know and it was it was a couple it was some you know those who know it's sumner and camas two two all white teams you know mm -hmm. like and i'm sitting there i'm just enjoying the game i like watching yeah. basketball I like watching like kids I like all that stuff right but i was just like man there's so many perspectives in this gym we forgot what it was like before the pandemic hopefully we come shooting out of this little tunnel that we went through this portal um with more information mm -hmm. like you said about you know belief systems and values that have been passed down from generation to generation yeah. all i'm looking for i don't need to agree with with people on things absolutely all i'm not. looking for is our country to reconcile and atone for the horrors and i don't think people understand how horrible it has been yeah. and i don't i think they may understand they just don't want to really truly yeah. see it but in order to to repair we have to we have to see it Yes. Um, so I don't know. It is just in there. So yeah, no one likes their cheese being moved though. That that's a fact for anything. No one likes the cheese being moved. You could be at work and move yeah. someone's computer. Or you can see where people sit. You know, like yeah. all the things. No one likes change. Like you're absolutely correct on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's the interesting concept. Um, what can our white allies do? to help in this cause so we had a lot of people and i'm sure you had a lot of calls back in like summer 2020 oh my gosh. um the same yeah. man what can i do you know what can i do well we're 2022 hopefully people have been continuing to do but maybe they're not maybe people are still stuck what yeah. would be some things that you you'd say that they can do yeah and, and i'm going to expand this a little bit because mm -hmm. i think it's work for all of us to do right absolutely like, absolutely so, so for our, for our white allies, right? I think um, it's really around action and um, leverage, like using your space, right, to combat. I always say check. Like you got to check your your white friends and family because you know you hear the stuff too, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like that, you have to whatever position you're in or wherever you can bring change, be committed to doing that example. Um, you know, I hear this often, especially when I, in, in organizations where it's like, we're going to diversify leadership. And then when you start putting things in place, like a mentorship program for diverse leaders, right. Or mm -hmm. a leadership development program for diverse leaders. And I've had like very senior leaders in organizations yeah. say like, so if I'm a white male, does that mean I don't get leadership development opportunities or, mm -hmm. or like, or, or how do, isn't that reverse racism? And, and I just, you know, again, I, I politely say, um, well, I find it interesting that when you look at the last promotions that happened over six months and they were all white or all white males, mm -hmm. no one said anything, right? No one right. said anything. But when we say, you know what, we need to see why these are the only folks we are promoting or having these leadership roles. Now everyone wants to speak up. But what about all lives? Doesn't everyone get opportunities? That's really fascinating, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's think about that, right? And so I think just even supporting and advocating and being a voice in the spaces that you're in to say, right. you know what, I don't understand it. It does freak me out but I'm going to be willing to look at it mm -hmm. to be an actor. If I have an opportunity to diversify my team for whatever that looks like, because I'm looking around and all of us look the same, I'm going to take that opportunity. Right. Right. If I see something, I'm going to speak up. I mean, I know what it is. And I, and I, I use this example because I think it's, it was just so simple. And I think sometimes we overthink it. I have a colleague um, who's, who's a white lady. Well, she's a friend. She started as a colleague, but she, she's a friend now mm -hmm. uh, caring for her. Um, I think it was her uncle caring for her uncle who's in a home needs support. And um, the caregiver was a black lady. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the um, her it was her dad. I'm sorry. Her uncle was coming to visit her dad. That's what it was, it was okay. coming to visit her dad. She knows that her uncle's pretty racist mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is not kind. Let's just say that. Let's, it's not kind to black people. Yeah. And so she's like, how do I reconcile this? Because I want him to come visit, but I also want him to know, like, 
I'm not dealing with, we're, we're not dealing with this. And so, right. um, and she asked, should I let the caregiver know? So I said, yes, let the caregiver know. Cause she can make a choice if she wants to be in that environment or not. Mm-hmm. And I said, and you as an ally, tell your uncle, Hey, listen, this is his caregiver. Somebody we care about who is supporting us. We will not tolerate that. The minute yep. you get out of line, you will leave. I will mm-hmm. have you escorted out. And I said, that's what you do. Like, yeah. yes, telling the, the the caregiver is good. And I'm glad you thought about that. But let's talk about how you're going to handle and check your uncle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> so actions like that, right? So I'll say that, right? It's really about actions. And, and, and you know, it's like, we're not going to win everyone, which is, it just is what it is, right? People will have their own perspectives. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we all can do something. And that comes with the level of privilege, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. When, and that's why I said I'm going to expand it to others because there are other people at the table who have a level of privilege. I, for me, I hold my privilege very dear. I recognize not everyone's going to be in a room with leaders. Not everyone wears right. the title CEO who is black or yep. a black woman or yep. a woman, a millennial. All the things that I wear that come with me, right, right. have been barriers to me being able to participate. Well, while I'm in the space. What am I saying? What decisions am I making? How am I modeling that? Mm-hmm. How am I sharing stories? Like sometimes I don't understand why people aren't willing to share their story. I get it. The safe space isn't safe, but also like share stories so people can hear. People right. need to hear. And, and I get this all the time. People are like, you are so nice. Like the fact that you took the time to educate or do that, it is draining sometimes. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I am like, I want us to move forward. I want us to reconcile and move forward. And you can't do that without that dirty work. Right, right. And you know what I learned too is when we talk about the um, earlier we were mentioning the different types of black people and whatnot. One thing I also learned is that not every black person wants to fight the fight. Not every black person is really trying to do all that. They're like, hey, just leave me alone. I want to go over here. I'm chilling. I'm good. Like, and, and that's okay too. I, I'm not like, not, not everybody has to be in that role. Now, one thing as you're talking, uh, I'm interested in hearing is when we talk about privilege, I understand too, I have a privilege when we talk about black males. So we, we, we focus a lot on black males in terms of, you know, walking through and navigating society in America. Um, but black women in the black male dynamic is an interesting one in the black community. Um, just when it, in terms of content that's being put out there, uh, our own narratives that were, that are, blown up in the media in terms of, in terms of music and, and visuals and all those other kinds of things. What are your thoughts on, on just that whole, it's a pretty broad question. What are your thoughts yeah. on the dynamics between the black man, black women? And like we, I acknowledge as a black man, I have privilege, more privilege than a black woman by f- like, it's not even close. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so there's you privilege know. that it's, it's, there's levels and tiers to this. Oh my gosh, it is. And it depends on the space you're in where yes. that privilege ho- holds greater value. Right. 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 And so I, I absolutely think that's great. Like I, oh my gosh, just from the experiences in general <laughs> cannot be so different, but the same. And I think where the power comes in is like you said, for people to be able to tell their own stories, right? Right, right. To tell their own narrative. Like I, so, um, the verses, the verses with, um, Swiss, Swiss beats. I think it's Swiss beats in Timberland, right? That yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. So there was just one with music, soul child and Anthony, Anthony Hamilton and both, you know, black males, wonderful artists, whatever. Right. And in the space, you know, it's, it's a versus thing. It's a little competitive, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The level of brotherhood that they showed yeah. of like admiring each other's work, like, Oh bro, that was a good one. I bought that album. Yeah. Like, yeah. And music. So I'm a huge music. So child fan. So I was a little biased, but even after he's like, man, I have so much respect for him. Like he, he is great. His music is wonderful. Like I was so touched by yeah. that brotherhood yeah. that happened in a space that was supposed to be super competitive. And, yep. and I'm like, we don't get to see that all the time, but there's power in sharing the narratives, right? Women started that though. Women started that energy yes. because there was a versus with uh, who was Jill it? Scott. It was t- Jill and Scott. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They, they started. They started together. that energy. Yes. 
because that wasn't the energy leading up to the Jill Scott. Who was on the other side of the Jill Scott uh, one? Oh, um, I forget who, but who before them, Teddy Riley, I think, and it was a couple others. Yeah, it was a couple, right? but yeah. like Jill You're Scott right. was doing the verses against somebody, and yes. they had, and there was hits after hit. God, it's, now it's killing me. I forget who the who she was going yes. up against. But either I, way, there was a I lot of respect and love in the yes. room. Yeah. And I was sitting there going, man, this is different because the dudes that leading up to that were all like yeah. trying to one up each it's other. Like, yeah. The Teddy Riley, the Teddy Riley. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I still I laugh at that. that. But anyway, the point. So the so, point yeah. I was making was um, even those experiences are unique and the level of privilege. It just it depends. And you can't put it in a box. Right. 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 Because it's it's just so different. And and um, I think there's power in just people being able to tell their stories and share their experiences. Yeah. Their yeah. narratives. Oh, that was Badu. It was Erica Badu. It really was Badu. Yeah. Yeah. It Badu. was Joe Scott and Erica Badu who were. Yeah. It was like a total love fest. And it was great because like I'm, I, for me, I'm like, I just want everybody to win. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Same. Like, why does it have to be a competition and people yeah. make it? We have this whole like one or the other. It's yeah. like. Can we just love both? Because guess what? When Anthony Hamilton, I was like, Anthony, I forgot you had that yeah. song. Yes. <laughs> I might be a music soul child fan, but I, I forgot I was digging yeah, you too. Anthony like, why Hamilton got hits, man. Oh my God, it was so good. If you yeah, haven't seen it, go back and watch it. it I, like, I love going back and listening to them while working or cleaning or cooking because yeah. it's a great playlist. Yeah, yeah it is. All right. Well, this is that's that's we're coming up on our time. And before yeah. we get out of here, though, I want to take you through hot take. And I didn't get to do this with my Ooh. guy Lonnie Arnold. We were getting in. Uh, so I'm going to ask you a series of, you know, this or that, even though we just talked about this or that. But like yeah. and you can answer however you want. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are you ready for for hot take? I'm ready. I think I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Casual or dressed up? Oh, dressed up. Okay. I'm going to be dressed up going to Safeway. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love dressing up. It's great. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Cupid shuffle or electric slide? Ooh, oh, um, I gotta go with Cupid shuffle because I feel like the younger generation really connects with that. Yeah, so I got a family reunion seeing all the generations yeah. do it. I gotta go Cupid shuffle. Yeah, yeah, Cupid shuffle definitely. Yeah, electric slide seems like it kind of made its way out a little. Yeah, like it's kind of. It shows so many other cool ones. Yeah, like the yeah. Biker shuffle and the other, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, they probably don't even remember electric slide. Anyway, um, <laughs> you got to choose one: turkey or greens. Ooh, well, okay, I gotta choose one. Green. And they're they're totally not even. It's a terrible like comparison yeah. because they're not even the same. But you know what I mean. I'm just yeah, Thanksgiving green. dinner. You got to have tur- turkey or greens. Yeah, I'm also very biased because I don't eat meat. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, neither do I. So greens, it. I don't know. It's probably greens. I imagine it. Yeah. All right. What about this? Greens or broccoli? <laughs> oh, touch my heart. Yeah. Um, I say broccoli. We love broccoli in our house. Mm-hmm. And I love it because my kids love it. So it's like, I'm going to whip up some broccoli for the babies. I usually don't do this on a hot take because I want to get to the next one. But quick story. My grandma's so sweet. She's from Beaumont, Texas. Oh. When Ann came over for the first time, she made her broccoli. And I was just like, you have never made broccoli in my whole entire life. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> She thought that. I mean, anyway, it was funny. Was um, that, did she think that she wouldn't like greens? Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> like, hello, she's married to me. Like, <laughs> she like greens. You like all kinds of food. Yeah. Uh, water or soda? Uh, water. Okay. Beyonce or Mary J? Ooh, oh! I gotta, I gotta, I gotta uh, have add more context to this. <laughs> I would go Beyonce. And I am okay. not a part of the beehive. Okay. <laughs> okay. I want to throw that out there. I think that I don't think she's the greatest singer, but her work ethic mm-hmm. is so boss. Like, mm-hmm. like she is gonna get it done. It's gonna be done at the highest level. Like I admire that so much about her. All right. Yeah. That, that's a good. That's a good. Because I I get attacked when I say. I know Beyonce is the goat in terms of like yeah. all encompassing things, yeah. right? She's, yeah. She's, to me, Tina Turner, like ratcheted up a few notches into Yes, not you know ratchet. I mean? Yes. Yes. You know, but just, it's true. She's turned because up. It's like quite you're not the best singer. You're yeah, not yeah, the best. yeah, yeah. Because Tina overall, Turner was big. To me, as a kid, yes. I was like looking at Tina Turner like, dang, yeah. she's like 
doing yeah. it like she's, stars, she's yeah. bigger than bigger than life mm-hmm. who's your favorite female artist that you like to listen to ndre <laughs> So oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indie I love love. I love rainbows and butterflies and bringing yeah. joy to the world. So I I have fangirled over NDRE many times mm-hmm. um, because I just love her music. It, yeah. It's amazing. No, I wish uh, she's probably still making music, I imagine, but I haven't heard. I haven't listened to Not I mean, recently. I, yeah. She's taking a break. She tried to retire, but we're like, we don't believe you. We're also in denial. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, NDRE Hive. I haven't met anyone in the NDRE Hive. Yes, I am an ultimate NDRE fan. Okay, yeah, she's yeah. she's dope. I really like her so music. So good, so dope. Well, thank you for thank you for the time. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you, hire you for DEI work, or whatever, anything? Yes, people can mostly find me on Instagram. I I um, am most active there. You probably get a bigger picture of my life from work to running to family. Um, I'm trying to do more of like just even like amplifying voices of people that I know because I am who I am because I know so many amazing people like honestly who've been part of my journey. Um, so I'm just Jaquanda, just underscore Jaquanda, J-I-Q-U-A-N-D-A on Instagram. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, um, it's like a professional platform that I like to use and leverage. Um, and you can find Diversity Window at www.diversitywindow.com. Yeah. Um, and we, we'll have to come back on and talk about Black people in the running space. We oh, my gosh. That's a whole different topic. That. That's, a whole, yeah. that's a whole podcast. A whole situation. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to follow this up at some point in time yeah. with that. Maybe it's time as the lights, as it starts getting into spring and people start getting outside and running. Maybe yeah. we can talk about Black people in running spaces or something. Yes. So, anyway, um, thank you. And I appreciate you coming on and we'll see you. We'll see you next time. All right, folks that are listening. Make sure you go check out Jaquanda and all the things that she has going on on her Instagram. And she's doing a lot. She's wearing a lot of hats. So make sure you go check her out. And with that, tune into the next one. We'll see you next week. Peace.